guys. Welcome back to Revive School. Here we are in Lesson 16, Acts 16. You know, the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. There's a whole lot going on here. Because think about this. Everything is new. I mean, you think about this. All these disciples, they just spent, you know, three years at least, the 12 with, with Jesus. Jesus dies, comes back to life, goes back to be with the Father, gives us the Holy Spirit. And now these guys are supposed to walk this thing out. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And oh, by the way, Paul, Paul met, who was then Saul, met Jesus on the road to Damascus, had a radical life change. He was killing people. Now he's supposed to go share the gospel to those people. So like all of these components, it's like a whole new, like, wow, I would be arguing about something too. (laughs) I mean, you think about the Jewish people and, you know, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus, but man, we still like doing our, our, the things that we're doing. And so in Acts 15, You have to have everybody come together and basically have like a halftime speech and saying, guys, if we're going to go win this, we got to do this together. And that's really what happened. And oh, by the way, as you go now, as you leave, take this letter, take some of my folks and James is sending them out, right? Sending Paul and Barnabas out. And I need you to communicate that this is like we're all in agreement here. But what's interesting is, is that before we get to Acts 16... (laughs) I do want to just make sure everybody understands something. A split and a division actually did occur on the way out. In Acts 15, verse 36, it said, After some time had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, Hey, let's go back and visit the brothers in every town where we've preached the message of the Lord and see how they're doing. So let's go check up on them. And it just says, Scripture says this. And so Barnabas said, Okay, great, let's do this. I want to take along John Mark. Barnabas uh, wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul didn't think it was appropriate to take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone on with them to the work. In other words, why would I bring a guy who's quit on me and now he wants to join us in the journey? So here they have these letters saying we're unified, but now even the group within says, man, I don't want you to bring this guy. You, he bailed on us. So I think this is important to understand. So then it says in verse 39, there was such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. So Barnabas took John Mark And he sailed off to Cyprus. Well, see you later. And then in verse 40, Paul chose Silas and departed after being commended to the grace of the Lord by the brothers. So, Kevin, if you go back to verse 39, okay? So here you have Barnabas. Kevin, who's Barnabas' buddy now? John Mark. Barnabas and John Mark, okay? And where are they going? Uh, They're going to Cyprus. Going to Cyprus. And then you have in verse 40, here you have Paul. And who does Paul take? Silas. It is total kickball right here, you guys. Fine, you keep John Mark. I got Silas. I mean, that's, that's what they're doing. And it says, after, and then they departed after being commended to the grace of the Lord by brothers. So here you have a division, both of them. But now it, it doesn't say that they hate each other. It doesn't say that they got into a fight. It says that there was just a sharp disagreement because of John Mark bailing, bailing earlier. So keep going here. It says in verse 41, he traveled through Syria and Cilicia. Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So strangely enough, even though there was a division, the churches got stronger. That's your backdrop as we begin to unpack the churches of, uh, really, of, of Galatia. And it says in Acts 16, verse 1, Then he went on to Derby and Lystra where there was a disciple named Timothy, the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was a Greek. Kevin, if you'll go to this map here. So here we go. We are at Jerusalem, right? And so at Jerusalem, it says they went up through Damascus. And then what you're going to start seeing is 
all the way. Now look, because it says uh, in Acts 15, right, Kevin, in verse 40, didn't it say that they went to Syria and Cilicia? Okay, so now they're making their way here. But then in scripture, as you go to Acts 16, 1, it does say they went to Derby and Lystra. So this is the little area on the second missionary journey. Paul now is looking and found a guy named Timothy. I want to just describe Timothy a little bit here because Timothy to me is a game changer for Paul and Silas. And now enter in Timothy. Okay, Timothy is a couple things. Uh, first of all, uh, young, young, uh, young person, okay, probably teens, early twenties, okay, according based on the Greek. John MacArthur would describe Timothy as a true child of faith. Kevin, can you go to First Timothy one two? To Timothy, this is Paul, my true son in the faith. Okay, so this is how Timothy's described. If you go to Second Timothy one two, he says to Timothy, my dearly loved. Son, So there is a clear affection that Paul has for Timothy as a child of God. Now, if you go to 1 Corinthians 4.17, okay? I'm going to start writing down Timothy's qualities and attributes. One is is he's young. (laughs) Okay, two is he is listed as a true child of faith. Okay? Now, in uh, 1 Corinthians 4.17, 17, it says, this is why I've sent Timothy to you. He is my dearly loved and faithful son in the Lord. He will remind you about my ways in Christ Jesus, just as I teach everywhere in every church. One, one person described, uh, MacArthur describes him as his right-hand man. Like when Paul's not here, I'm going to give you him because he's going to come in and fulfill this role. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 3, 2, it says, and we sent Timothy our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ. What was Timothy's role? To strengthen and encourage you concerning your your faith. If you go to Philippians 2, verse uh, 19, Kevin. Philippians 2, verse 19. says, Now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I also may be encouraged when I hear news about you. Basically, Timothy is, uh, this is kind of an interesting statement, he became John Mark's replacement, right? I mean, he, he really, we probably wouldn't have gone this route if they hadn't, hadn't split. So he joined Paul and Silas. If you go to 1 Timothy 4, verse 14, I know I'm taking a little bit longer here, but sometimes I want to give you some qualities of what, you know, uh, what Paul was, was looking for. In 1 Timothy 4.14, Kevin, uh, you know, Scripture just says this. Think about this. He was commissioned. Timothy was commissioned. And here's what it looks like. Do not neglect the gift that's in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the counselor of elders. So you know what happened? He was commissioned. I think this is really important. When you see a strength and a quality in a younger person, not only just talk about it, but actually acknowledge this and saying, I believe in you in this role. You know, can you imagine if just talking about it, but the fact that the elders put their hands on him and then commissioned to him, I, to me, it's actually kind of a, a big difference. And then finally, one more verse, Kevin, 2 Timothy 1, uh, verse 6. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. Uh, I love this image of, I remind you to keep ablaze the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. 
Paul clearly called out Timothy and gave him a role in this process. All right, so let's keep going here. I'm going to come back to Timothy here in a second, okay? So now watch, it just says this, okay? So first of all, you have uh, being both uh, parents, being Jew and Gentile. You you know what that does for Timothy? Why is that important, Kevin? Because he can speak to both worlds that way. Absolutely. He has access to both cultures, access to both uh, backdrops. He knows who he's picking. He knows why Paul is picking him. And it says, the brothers at Lystra and Iconia spoke very highly. So the brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke very highly of this young man named Timothy. And so verse 3, Paul wanted Timothy to go with him. So he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, since they all knew that his father was a Greek. He, he didn't want to be a stumbling block. Timothy knew, Paul knew that he didn't want to be a stumbling block. So now I'm going to add one. Timothy needed to be circumcised. It's a simple little observation. But yet to the Jew, you become a Jew. To those under the law, you become those under the law. Paul knew this and he wanted Timothy to experience this as well. Timothy could have said, no. Forget you, man. I No. Uh-uh. And so it says in verse four, after he recovered, spent some time on the bed. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. It says in verse four, it says, as they traveled through the towns. Hang on, Paul, a little sore. <laughs> Slow down. I mean, this is the reality of doing ministry. Like, that's a weird transition, but... Like, as they traveled through the towns, they delivered the decisions. Isn't this weird, though, you guys? The decision says you don't have to be circumcised, and he's walking around kind of sore. They delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem for them to observe. Because Timothy didn't want to be a stumbling block. And so in verse 5, here you have this language. It's called a progress report. This is the progress report number 5, multiple progress reports in the scriptures. But as the letters are being delivered, it says the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. <sighs> That's awesome. I love this image. Like the gospel is advancing. The kingdom of God is growing every single day. And I have to tell you, like, I think we should see this in America. I think we should see this in Liberia. I think we should see this in in the Middle East. I think we should see the churches actually growing when you actually do what he's asked us to do, which is go. Walk in that authority. It's not the staying in the box. And so the whole point of the missionary journey, you guys, is that they're going and that people are actually receiving Christ. The numbers are increasing. And yet the reality is some of us just want to stay in Jerusalem and do nothing. Not in Paul and Silas and Timothy's case. And so what you see here in, in what Wearsby says, and I, I like this image, is that here you have a new helper, Timothy. I think a lot of times we try to just do it all on our own. And I love that Paul took Silas. I love that he chose Timothy. And so here it is. As you get a new helper, as you have people to walk alongside you, just be ready to embrace the new vision. That God gives you, and, and that's what you're going to see in the scriptures in verse 6. It says, they went through the region of Phrygia. <laughs> I always say that wrong. Phrygia, Phrygia, and Galatia. And it says they were prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the message in Asia. Okay. What you see here is this. Is the Holy Spirit said in a big red stop sign, no. 
I don't want you going into Asia. I don't want you to go there. I don't want you to, what do you mean you don't want me to go there? I'm supposed to go talk about Jesus. The Holy Spirit clearly said no. It's like when God clearly wants you to go one direction, he will go so drastic and constantly keep speaking to you until you walk in that direction. And that's really what you see in verse six. There's, there's a new vision. And here's what I love. And I, this might be a funny statement, but even the apostles didn't always get it right. Right? I mean, think about this. Paul wanted to go to a region. He wanted to go through this, but the Holy Spirit said no. So can I just say, cut yourself some slack. Just because you take one step one direction, you know, it doesn't mean that first step's always going to be right. But when you listen to the Holy Spirit, he can direct you. The Spirit of God can direct you. So, but that first step, you got to at least start taking the step. I think many of us, we wait to hear from God and then we take the step. I'm more of a fan of you start walking and then he'll start directing you. That's why Romans 8, 14 is so important. For those that are led by the Spirit of God are called sons of God. Like, you have to start walking this out in order for the Spirit of God to say, okay, now I need to take a left turn. I need you to take a right turn. Like, start, start walking. Scripture continues on in verse 7. It says that when they came to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. I'd be like, dude, I, this is not working out. In verse 6, I just tried to get into one region. The Spirit of God said, no. Now I'm trying to get into Bithynia. And the Spirit of Jesus said, no. I have to wonder what that looks like. You know, Rich, you and I have been in some countries where you try to get access into one place and then they screen you. They check you. You know, they do everything they can. Maybe you don't have the right paperwork. You know, this could have been a practical thing. The Spirit of Jesus can practically stop you from running out of gas. I'm, I'm kind of serious. Like little things like that God could say, no, I didn't want you to go that direction, so let's go this direction. And so don't go all spiritual on me and like, I don't hear the Spirit saying no. It could just be the obvious things that aren't opening up. I think sometimes we we tend to overthink, overprocess, and over-spiritualize things when just maybe the door's just not not open. So it says in verse 8, okay, fine. We're bypassing Mysia, and it says that they came to... Troas. Kevin, where do, you, do we see Troas? Okay, so now look, okay? So they went through all of this region, right? And now, now here they are in Troas, okay? So they went through this whole region, and Kevin, do you see any little dots? No dots. No, why? They weren't supposed to be there. They weren't supposed to be there. Now let me just say this. Has any of you ever disobeyed the Holy Spirit and done your own thing? Yes, I have. You, you know those, that doesn't go so well. Usually what happens is when you begin to function in the flesh, it actually catches up with you with time. I'm utterly convinced things that we do in our flesh, we pay consequences for later down the road. And I love the fact that even though Paul was wrong, even though Paul was wrong, he kept listening to the Spirit of God. And and look, now here he is in Troas. And in verse 9, as he's in Troas, it's like God says, good, now I'm going to download something radical for you. But if he was here trying to create his own little ministry, if he was here trying to create his own little business, the Spirit of God said, no, I need you to get here. That's when God shows up. So in verse 9, it says, during the night, a vision appeared to Paul. Now remember, dream is when you're sleeping. I actually, that actually felt really good for a second. (laughs) Give me about 10 more seconds. Okay, a dream is when you're sleeping and you see something. A vision is you're awake. Hey, whoa. And all of a sudden, maybe you get blinded by the lights. Not really. And like God shows up to you in a vision. You see something. 
So during the night, a vision appeared to Paul. A Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him. Cock. <laughs> this is so obvious that people are like, that can't be from God. Like God speaks to us, you guys, even today like this. God can speak to us through dreams. He can speak through his visions. He speaks into Paul in Acts 16:9, and he says, come over to Macedonia and help us. All right, so Kevin, here, here we are. We're in Troas, right? Now, when he says cross over, he's talking about, right, the water. I need you to cross over to Macedonia. Well, how does a guy even know I'm in Troas? God knows. God knows and can speak to us. And he says, help us. Now, you could process, well, what does he need help with? I mean, you could ask that question. Any thoughts? I think it's help spread the gospel. Yeah, amen. You're going to see the evangelization now to Europe when he starts crossing over. Come help us. Come deliver this. Wait, wait, wait. So if I would have stayed in Asia, then I wouldn't have this opportunity to go here. It's all about God's timing. Minimum version. It depends on your perspective of visions, but probably at least six visions that uh, took place uh, in this process for Paul. This would be the second one, Acts 9. Remember when he saw Jesus? You know, uh, again, was he really there? Was it a vision? I don't want to get into any of the semantics. I'm just saying Paul is used to uh, things just showing up. <laughs> Here a man says, come, please come over. I need you to go across the Aegean Sea. I need you to come to the mainland of Greece. I need you to enter into where Philippi is. Yes, Thessalonica is. I need you to take the gospel from Asia into Europe. That's all that was just said in one line. And in verse 10, it says this, after he had seen the vision, which I think is so crazy to me. You know, here I am, Rich, on a phone call today, literally with a guy from that region. Like, and I'm just, I'm, I'm like, what? Because Paul allowed the Spirit of God to tell him not to speak and share the gospel in Asia at that time. I'm not saying he doesn't do that, but at that time, the gospel advanced into Europe. And in verse 10, it says, after he had seen the vision, we, whoa, immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia. What do you mean, we? Does that mean Luke's with them all of a sudden? All of a sudden, Luke has joined them. This is called the we section. Okay, There's many we sections, actually, in Scripture. Luke joined Paul, Silas, and who's the other buddy? Timothy. The four of them now are traveling. It would be the Tom, Kevin, Rich, Kyle. Here we go. All of a sudden, Rich decided to join us. You know, I, I think you would be the writer out of the group, probably. We know it wouldn't be Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Let that be known. Uh, anyway, so here they are. It says, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to evangelize them. That's the help. The help is, is to come and deliver the good news, to share the gospel. And in verse 11, then setting sail from Troas, maybe Luke's a good, like, sailman, boat guy. What do you call these guys? Guys that are good at the boats. I don't know, but he joined at that point. Sailor. Uh, he is a sailor. Sail guy. Dear Lord. <laughs> What's he selling? I don't know. Setting sail from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace. The next day, right, here it is, to Neapolis. Okay? Not to be confused with Minneapolis. So Troas to Samothrace to Neapolis. Okay? This is the course. They're not messing around. Why? Because they know the vision. They understand this. They've got a team. And then in verse 12, it says, And from there to Philippi, 
Okay, so I just want you to see all this process. A vision comes right here at Troas. I need you to come over here. He goes to Samothrace, Neapolis. And then it says, scripture says, to Philippi, a Roman colony, which is a leading city of that district of Macedonia. We stayed in that city for a number of days. Now, at this point, like, how do we know that they know anything about this community? They don't. And I think that's what's so cool is that when God calls you, you don't have to have it all figured out. Please understand this. In the book of Acts, when you walk in authority, when you walk by faith, you're not going to have it figured out. So stop trying to figure it out. I think the American church, I think our culture is like, well, do you think Paul had the budget for that in Philippi? What are they going to do? Are they going to have enough water to get across from Troas to Macedonia? Call a meeting. Call a meeting. Like, isn't that what we do, though, you guys? That's how we live. But that's not how Paul lived. That's not how they lived in the, in the Acts of the Apostles. They lived because the Spirit of God moved through them. And they stayed there for a number of days. And in this process, Scripture says on the Sabbath day, okay, so here they are. They went 10 miles inland from Neapolis. Okay, here they are at Philippi. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river where we thought there was a place of prayer. We sat down and we spoke to the women who had gathered there. Now, here's the deal. They didn't have, we know in Philippi because there was, there was no synagogue. There was, they didn't have a minimum of 10 Jewish men who were heads of households. That's the rule. You got to have at least a minimum of 10 Jewish men, heads of household required to form a synagogue. So what you see is they went to a place of prayer under the open sky, under the, uh, the near the river, near the sea, and they went to find a meeting place. They're always looking for a person of peace. And so in this process, they landed a spot literally right across from a river. In verse 14, a woman named Lydia. Uh, Kevin, what town are we in? You are in Philippi. We are in Philippi. But now watch this. It says, this is really interesting. A dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira. This is one of the coolest things, you guys, when you study this. She's in Philippi. Where's Thyatira? In Asia. God has it all set up. He knows who he wants to deliver the good news. And it might not be you. But your role might be to evangelize to others so they can go do it. That's what I love about how this works. That's how I love when, when the Spirit of God takes over and it's not in the flesh. It's God's plan, not yours. And so in this process, here you have the Apostle Paul sharing the gospel at a river with a bunch of women hanging out. And that woman is from Asia, which God said, I don't want you to go to. Why? Because God wants her to do it. It says the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was spoken by, by Paul. I'm, I'm sorry, where, where did you say you're from? <laughs> you know, the reality is, is this whole purple dye. I mean, she is dealing with, you know, purple dye is extremely costly. It was worn by royalty and wealthy. And Lydia's business uh, was, I mean, to that community. And so in this process, she is open to the gospel. Verse 15, it says, after she <laughs> and her household were baptized. I'm sorry. Just like that, they embraced the gospel. Just like that, they got baptized. They experienced death to life. And here's what she says. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. 
Once as we are on our way to prayer, so then they go to her house currently in Philippi, right? So as we were on our way to prayer, it says this, a slave girl met us who had a spirit of prediction. You know what? I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to go there. So this way. I want to just hang my hat. I want to just hang out here in this process of, there's just so much here on this story. God is going to use, okay, hear me out on this one. God is going to use a female that heard the gospel in a completely different community so that her whole family could come to know the Lord. I was just uh, in, in Tampa, Florida, and we went to uh, a barbecue place called, yeah, boys. Did I say it right? You have no idea. That's okay. Yeah, boys. It's in West Tampa. And uh, we got to go there because of a business. You know, we always ask for opportunities to go in and pray and share the gospel. And what I love about this story is one lady posted on her Facebook, can we come to your business if you have a business in the Tampa area? On a Monday morning, we asked for this prayer. And one of her friends responded and said, absolutely. Let me reach out to my cousin who owns a business called, yeah, boys. And so what do you know? We got asked to go and pray and share the gospel with their whole family. We walk in, the, the hours were closed. They let us in. We got to pray for the mom. We got to pray for the, 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 the son and then the sister. And in that process of their doors being opened, not because I went and knocked on the door, but because somebody else asked, God opened the door. And what do you know? The mom then said yes to Jesus. The son said yes to Jesus. And then the sister she had been praying for the mom and the son. And then she says, look, man, I already know the Lord, but I want to get baptized. And so two days later, we bring our mobile baptism truck. And what do you know happens? Yeah, the story always unfolds more. The son of the sister, he comes to know the Lord. The cousin of the sister, she comes to know the Lord. And oh, by the way, then we had two baptisms outside of, yeah, boys, barbecue. And in the process, the whole community started rallying around just this little Mobile baptism truck. Why? Because one person named India, that's kind of confusing, I know, but one person named India said, hey, could we get in and share the gospel in your business? You see, God has different ways of opening up doors. I would have loved to have just gone up there, but it wasn't my plan. God had a plan to use her to open up the door and then all of her household came to know the Lord. The barbecue place, yes, guess what? Do you know now that two congregations have adopted the barbecue place and they're gonna have a Bible study every single week there every single week to share the gospel and have a Bible study. It's all in God's timing. Everything in this whole story of Acts 16, to me, is all about God's timing. And so when you're here, starting in Jerusalem, and then you're walking through the process, ask the Lord, Lord, who do you want to go with me on this journey? So he calls out a young man named Timothy. And as Timothy, who had been raised up by a grandma, who had been raised up by a mom, godly household, he then, yep, gets snipped, gets circumcised. Why? So that he can he can connect with his audience. Paul, Silas, and Timothy go on this crazy journey. They're like, Lord, show us. Show us. How do we do ministry? How do we do ministry? He says, no, you keep going. As they come to Troas, a vision takes place. God can speak to us, you guys. And in Joel 2 and Acts 2, it says that dreams and visions are going to take place until he comes back. And you guys, he hasn't come back yet. Why? Because if God speaks to us in a vision, he might want us to go to some place to share the gospel. And that's what happened. They went over across through Samothrace to Neapolis into Philippi so that a lady named Lydia could hear and receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and her whole household. I promise you that was probably not Paul's plan. 
but out of obedience and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. My sheep hear my voice. When you listen and obey the Holy Spirit, who knows how the gospel can advance? Literally, an entire country could be changed because you didn't force it. You just listened to the Spirit of God. Okay, guys, there's more to Acts 16, but we just thought we'd hit the brakes, felt the Spirit just say, just stay here. All right, have a great rest of the day, and I look forward to unpacking Acts 17. And just so you know, Acts 17, we get to go from Philippi to Thessalonica tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks.